From the backwoods and the swamp waters of the Sunshine State, and all across America and the world, this is The Big and Wild Outdoors. With your host, Braden Gunn, Jonathan Swindle, and Glenn Kinman. That's all right. You, you can hear out of both sides. And good morning. Welcome in, everybody. This is Big and Wild Outdoors. In the studio this morning is the yawning Braden Gun. Gosh, is it so hot? Why is it so hot? It's summertime. It's very it's very moist. And Bill outside. George over here to my right. Jonathan Swindle's out of town again. He's, He's up uh, north. Taking care of stuff up there and... I don't know. Well, they had a, had a hurricane come through there, so it takes a little longer than just a couple of days with a chainsaw. <laughs> so yeah, he's got a lot of work cut out for him, for multiple, sure. Multiple trips back up and forth, back and forth. But uh, standing right there, as always, like a towering monument to in your face. All of his one-and-done feeders are still attached to the trees, so that's a good thing. Yeah, it's always good to have a little less uh, damage to the most important things. You know, trees can fall over. As long as the feet are still good. How's your feet are doing out there, Bill G? At the house? Great. Yeah. I mean, have you uh, seen the return of the eight point yet? Or oh, yeah. did he, he magically disappear because oh, no. somebody heard the radio show and set up a crossbow out in the backyard somewhere? No, he's there. He's there. Huh? He My coming. wife was watching uh, deer yesterday morning before she left. So they were all out in the yard eating, you know, some of the food pot we had put in. And, uh, you know, somewhere back in the bay head where I have the feeder. Where did you uh? What did you put down for a food plot? Uh, some of the Hancock seed that we had got when we were at the expo. Oh, really? Yeah, it was like a fall blend type thing. It or? was a fall blend. It was it was the fall. So ryegrass, oats, that kind of deal. No, in? it's a bunch of turnips and oh wheats yeah, and it had all kinds of stuff in it. Those turnip ones, they say, are pretty good because uh, you can not only feed the deer, but you can also get out and get some turnips. Well, I have a lot of rabbits that eat it, too. It's funny because you, you sit there and the rabbits are just going back and forth. Dude, you got rabbits? Really? I got rabbits. Like real good, like big-sized rabbits or those nasty old bot-fly-infested swampy no, buggers? No, no. Cottontails. Really? Yeah. Those can be a nuisance. Those might need some eradication, or at least some numbers knocked out. <laughs> With a little bit of gravy, they go. Really I'm just well. I'm uh, offering. A, I'm just trying to save your life. Yeah, because you know they carry the rat, mad rabbit disease. Look what happened to Australia. <laughs> this could get ugly. Yeah, yes. you could get rabbit fever. You real know, quick. unless you bring a couple kids out there and let them, you know, do their dealio. You're going to be up to your, and uh, you know, and what's, what's really weird is there's times in which we go through and there's rabbits everywhere. And then that's when the coyotes move through and they thin them out and then <laughs> but, they come back later on when they're popular. They come back with a vengeance and there's rabbits running around everywhere. Yeah. Well, this is, the, <clears throat> especially when it's cooler, they like to get out there and hop around and enjoy each other's company. And, you know, it feels nice. There's no bugs bother them and that kind of thing. They're like, ha it's spring. I mean, look at the squirrels, man, these days. Yeah. Chasing all over the place. Must but, be rutting season for squirrels. I don't know. I think it's that for them every, every day. <laughs> they're chasing each other, right? <laughs> they're they're territorial, whatever, but well, they're well, as, busy. As some of the uh, acorns in that get thinner, you see them traveling further and further to get some of what they're looking for. That's well, my thought. And what might that be? More maybe acorns? It, no, maybe cypress tree uh McDonald's? Balls, those little balls that you know, seed pods that grow on the cypress trees. Like pine cones? No, cypress. 
Well, cypress grow those little tiny little pine cone well, things. whatever. They're a ball about that big. Pennsylvania. Well, anyway, it just goes back to their shopping. <laughs> They're looking the grocery for groceries. Shopping. Grocery shopping. Well, uh, we're glad that you made it in. Your gator hunt got canceled, so uh, you got drug into the studio. Yes. Kicking and screaming. I'm this, sorry to hear that. What happened with the gator hunt? I yeah, mean, what did you the do? Gator hunt this, actually how get did canceled? you mess that up? This what? is this is what I was told. Oh, here we go. Avon Park. You realize the size of Avon Park bombing range, right? Yep. In its totality. It's huge. Big enough that they can fly airplanes and drop bombs. Okay? Yeah, right. it's it's bigger than your backyard. So uh five alligators were poached at the end of allig- uh the end of hunting season. <laughs> well, how did they know that? Well, I guess they, they found part of the carcass or something. Five alligators in all of Avon Park was poached at the end of uh, deer season. And so they decided to call off the youth alligator hunt. Was that the last five gators in the, in the, yep, on the property? Uh, yep. Well, when, when you say they, are you speaking of the United States military or are you speaking well, of... Well, the, there, there's a branch called the recreation side of that. And yes, that's who decided. So they punished the kids for what poachers did. Yes. Well, that's not cool, man. Five alligators. Name names. I'm not naming names. No, give me the names. I'm, I'll name I'm wor- names. No, I'm working. I, I, so part, you, of, part of me thinks that we did this hunt at the wrong time. And right now, it's a beautiful weekend. Yeah, but, it's perfect. But a lot of times this time of year, it's cold, it's nasty, it's, it's you know, it's... it's what are you we trying have to say? I think it should be right after turkey season. So I'm going to work. The person who... The person who normally runs it is temporarily out of the loop. Joe Schmo on maternity leave, and when she Josephine gets, Schmo? when she gets back, I'm hoping to try and persuade them to reevaluate and let's let's run this stuff a little bit later in the year. Well, at least you have a good backup plan. That's pretty smart. Only if it's implemented. Yeah, yeah. if they let and, us go. I mean, but how many kids actually put in for the uh, the youth hunt itself? I don't know, but the last couple of years we've we've had. Oh, somewhere between 10 and 12 or something like that okay. is the number of kids that have been able to participate. And how many alligators did you uh, pull out of there on the 10 or 12 kids? One for every one. Really? Yeah. Oh, well, I hope that it comes through again. I just, <clears throat> see, this is why you just don't like a thief. So if you're listening down you there in the Highlands everybody. County area and you know who may have poached the five alligators, let them know that they run it for about ten to twelve kids. Yeah, yes. yeah, because their selfishness, you know, just ruined it for everybody. Well, they did. They did send out uh, a little news bulletin to everybody who has a one of those passes, letting them know that they called off that youth alligator hunt because of that activity. So maybe there will be a little. Um, yeah, but those kind of guys, there's no remorse. Care. There's no you, remorse. Well, there. sometimes there's a little shaming within the group. They may not throw them out there for public, but there may be a little internal shaming. So you're saying somebody get them, might get a barnwood whooping out there in the back yeah. somewhere? All right. That would be okay with me. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, <laughs> I keep looking at you sing. sing. I, I can this chair actually, I'm going to be sitting on the floor in like two seconds. Shelby, <laughs> give me my chair back. <laughs> I'm like sitting over here in the kindergartner's chair now. Every every minute it drops about a quarter of an inch. <laughs> I'm throwing this outside when we take a break. I'm taking it. And That's what happens when you show up at the last minute. You don't get choice of chair. Uh, I'm gonna yeah. I'm gonna knife this cushion so that everybody knows which chair this actually is. <laughs> I thought I the one that was in front of the uh, the phone in, t- in the technical door was actually it. There's a microphone right there. 
Yeah, but I can hear myself talking. <laughs> <laughs> Not very good. Anyway, Steve Austin kicking the door in in about 15 minutes going, can you not eat the microphone? Can you not, are you driving me crazy? Well, anyhow. So anyway. I thought that was the, the chair that was out there that was the uh, the one that drops down. Well, Maybe uh, you shouldn't have ate that other donut. Well, we're glad that you at least made it into the studio today, Bill George, and that, uh, you know, you're working on it. And so these kids will get maybe get an opportunity to do it after what? After the complete turkey season or after kids opening weekend? No, they generally don't like things going on. At the- <laughs> I can't help but laugh at you when you sing. I hear it thumping. So that tells me the microphone picks up everything. So, but uh, they generally don't like to run two hunts at the same time. So while people are out there. Turkey hunting. Mm-hmm. Stand up like Jonathan did. <laughs> I can't get any lower. My knees are going to be up underneath my chin. But they generally Seriously. don't like to run uh, other hunts out there. While people have are out there trying to turkey hunt, they don't want to have kids running around in cars trying to chase down alligators. So why not? They just it's just might keep they the want turkey. to respect the the turkey hunters. Might and, keep the turkeys moving. No. But, Not that it's really a bother, but I don't know how many times have you turkey hunted right next to a lake, uh, Glenn? Is that something that you you know set up decoys floating around out on the water and kind of beep, 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 and hopefully land out there in the middle of the pond and give them shot? <laughs> well, the thing well, there's is, a huh? difference in just hunting on a lake where there's going to be boat traffic versus uh, when everybody's using the same access roads to get to either the turkey hunting or the gator hunting. So. Uh, you know there is some uh, there there might be a little bit of conflict, but I'm sure I mean, it's minimal. I don't think. Uh, I'm sure it would be the, minimal. Here's the other flip side. Maybe here's the other flip. Side. I'm looking at it this way. Look I'm at look at it this way. A lot of your people who are guiding these kids uh-huh. are turkey hunters, right? And if you try and pull them away from the turkey woods for a Friday, then Saturday, they're fired. Sunday, they're fired. It's it's a little bit challenging. Yeah. Goodbye. Take it easy. I look at it this way. You got to let the punishment go and continue in through turkey season and go. Sorry, guys. We got to let the gator guys hunt in here because uh, there was a bunch of poachers that were in here beforehand. That, Ooh, that see, would be bad. See, that way you get a lot more people <laughs> angry about the whole situation, not just, you know, four guys and 12 kids. Well, that's an idea. Mm, I'm just saying. Hey, sorry, guys. We had poachers in here. You're uh, going to have to deal with the alligator hunters as well this year. Opening weekend. Opening weekend. And they should let hog hunters and deer hunters back in there, too. Well, it's probably the deer hunters who did it. Because the dogs say are deer getting, hunters. It was the, their somebody. dogs are getting somebody eaten. did it. Well, no, they, there's people who when their the gator turns around and keeps getting dogs, it disappears. So how do you know which one it is? Unless it swallowed the GPS collar as well. <laughs> there's certain ponds out there where they all know. Yeah. Well, it used to be that way. What was that alligator that they found up in Blackwater that had like like fifteen or sixteen or more collars in his stomach? From all the dogs? I don't remember. It wasn't little, that many, but there was a couple anyhow. There was a little pond in the middle of nowhere, and that gator had it all to himself. He was getting free meals delivered. Yep. His dogs would be running deer. they come out there, oh, man, I just want to get a quick drink of water. I'll be going, help, 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 crunch. Later. That's right. <laughs> and later, it will be right back. This is Big and Wild Outdoors, brought to you by G5 Feeding Outdoors. Brandon Ford, uh, and it is official. When we get back, we'll let you know. Welcome back, Big and Wild Outdoors. Braden Gun over here to my left, choking on a donut. These things are so good. I'm telling you, man. Hole in the wall. I uh, I didn't eat any of the donuts. I just you get went these ahead and got me. Uh, 
No, those, those are holding one yet, but I got them out at the Sefner location. And, of course... By the railroad tracks? Uh, across from them. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. So, but anyway, <laughs> I got my, my donut holes, you know. They're just, like, unbelievable. Who made this particular donut? What was her name? Yeah, I don't know about her, but there was two guys in the back that was uh, throwing them out like a big conveyor system. Just um, this. You don't know production. these people by a first name basis. What is wrong with you? Because if I did, then that was meaning I was in there way too much. You have been in there way. You've been going in there since Only on 1970. Saturday, what the heck? I'm just trying to keep you guys. Uh, <clears throat> you know that's Shirt probably what's wrong with the chair. <laughs> Get a little too heavy for. <laughs> well, 390 pound max. What is? I don't know. That's right. Well, before the break, I did say it was official, and of course, it is officially February the second of twenty nineteen. Well, wow! Whoa, thank you. Official news. But again, uh, (laughs) now I was talking to Jim Veal up there at Lake Panasofsky on Panta Vista Lodge. Uh, The date for June fifteenth for the next Panfish Challenge has been set. Uh, Everything is in place. The flyers will be start. They'll start getting everything in place for uh, the promotion side of it. You say June fifteenth? June the fifteenth of twenty nineteen. Same location, Panta Vista Lodge. That's on a Monday? Of course, just for you. <laughs> you can show up on Monday. Oh, okay. The fish will be biting. But uh, talking to Jim Veal earlier, he'll be calling us uh, around 9 o'clock hour and give us a fishing report of what's going on currently up there. I know that it's just unbelievable with the – you know, we talked about the feeders earlier, but uh, last year, you know, one and done donated one of their feeders, and, uh, of course, Jim ended up with it. I just couldn't – I just couldn't get up enough money to – outbid uh and it was donated to jim afterwards he wasn't even bidding against me some other guy was but the fish that are around that feeder when it goes off is just incredible kids are loving it because they come up there and they just catch all the fish they can stand to catch uh big and small throw them back or whatever and uh but of course with this with the panfish tournament if you're going to be in it you have to catch your fish from a boat you have to be in the boat in the lake or in the river somewhere but you have to be in a boat to catch them. Why, why do you put that type of restriction on them? Because that's there's not much it. bank fishing on Lake yeah. Panasofsky. And of course, you know, if you do that, then the next person goes on down. We just don't know where the fish come from. But if they check their boat in and go out, then it comes back in. Then the fish are coming back in from the water. No, you could drive them down to the bridge and set them over. Yeah, you could, what? and then you could get disqualified. <laughs> and of course, I'm with just the, saying, uh, with if the, somebody had a little place there they wanted to fish off the bridge down down yonder, won't work. Boy, you're putting limits on people. No, the only limit is is that you have to catch it from a boat, and you have to catch twelve. Fish. You don't have to catch, but any, any you can just catch one fish and turn it in. But your twelve heaviest panfish is what's going to pay the bring in the opportunity big for, money for the money. So when and the amount of money if you get caught uh, doing anything that was outside the rules. Yeah, Bill you George, could be, you could be uh, charged with a felony. Oh, in your face! It. Yeah, because the FWC is going to be there. I look forward to seeing them every year. <clears throat> I'm sure you They're do. there every year, but it is a good time. And if you're uh, looking to make plans well in advance, June the 15th, mark it on your calendar. Uh, make reservations once that all takes place. I know Jim said he was already getting asked. And, of course, uh, he was getting asked this week, and I got one one person asked me too. So I said, well, people are starting to – it's getting closer, so uh, people are starting to inquire. And because uh, this is a great time, the kids get out there, have a – opportunity to catch some fish and enjoy a great day of family fun and atmosphere and it and it boils down to uh the money that are generated all goes back to a uh a charitable organization oh i'm not sure um what the sumter county charity will be this year but i know for us it'll still be the uh everyday 
blessings, blessings. Children's Home, and uh, that's what we'll be uh, generating the funds for to give to them. Doesn't really matter. It's all about fun, and uh, like you said, kids everywhere. It's always a good time to turn them loose and let them just play. Let them be kids, catch fish, and it's panfish. It's not that hard. It, I mean, you can catch it on anything: wax worms, uh, spam, red wigglers, uh, jigs, whatever. Whatever, bring it. It's done. And the fish, fish have been. Day. Like I say, we've been going up there and, and just fishing from the dock right there where the uh, boat slips are at, and just. Let's uh, not Wyatt bring, has just really been enjoying let's his Let's not bring trip. that up, okay? Well, you don't want to tell everybody. That's my kid's secret spot, so now you're giving it away. Whenever that feeder goes off and you see the hundreds of fish popping, see, it's no secret. What, see what I'm telling you? You're just ruining it for everybody. Yeah, the top secret becomes pop secret because <sighs> all the fish starts hitting all that food on top of the surface. Well, it was fun while it lasted. <clears throat> now we'll have to go find a new hole no, somewhere over we're in Panavista. Just turn around, tie a kayak up to the boat, you know, the dock there, just so they can fish from there and be be legal for the. See, tournament. if it was me, I would have uh, put the one and done a little bit there up the river on a pole somewhere right there in that little deep spot right there, bef- just past and the dock. And that way, the, the bait just floats down the creek. That way, that way you're feeding all that stuff there. So you got this. Throw your little feet bobber there, and, and then b- Bill's b- brother wouldn't be able to get his boat through it. Everybody'd be anchored up, and no, wouldn't it be fine? Just past the ends of where the airboats and stuff are, right there on the. And anyway, I'd have moved it. That's all I'm saying. Well, maybe maybe Jim won't put any feet in it a month in, in advance. Sure, no, he no. surely will. Of course, he will. <laughs> it's not gonna be it's not gonna be any debate about that all right fish but, you're on a diet we're okay. done <laughs> you better get away well uh speaking of fishing not only that one mark your calendars june 15th that's the panavist uh big and wild uh panfish challenge going to be happening up at uh the lake panasofsky going out of panavista lodge lots of folks lots of boats lots of kids uh the way we structured it last year is uh you know it's legal as whatever how many people can fit on a boat legally uh, you can bring, and uh, we'd like to say, uh, the first year I think we stipulated that you had to have at least a kid, one kid on the boat. You had to bring at least one child. You can't just be a boat full of adults out there, uh, you know, caterwauling around and trying to pick up uh, all the brim and stuff like that. But it was gets it started out geared towards the kids, to, yes, so they'll a, have an opportunity to come. And when you get to see the kids out there catching them, uh, sharing their stories, uh, man, it's like uh, memories of a lifetime. Them kids will never forget that day that they got to and especially when you talk to them and the you know the kids tell you we don't care if we win we just got to go fishing today or as one year old said i got to fish with my dad today you know so whenever you hear those kids that it's yeah they would like to have you know some of them know what money value is and some of them just see that plaque of the fish the cutout of the pan fish and and hang it up on the wall uh they they really rather have that but and yeah one of the things is and there was people who fish tournament fishing who didn't fish tournament fishing that year that day and, and came and did the pan fish challenge and they had more fun than when they were doing the other stuff oh yeah well the pressure's not as great it's yeah. just to go out and have fun i mean the people turn fish in from the size of a stump knocker all the way up to a little over a pound and a half uh shell cracker so you know the, the fish the the size i mean it, there's there's no size restriction you just got to turn it in and try to weigh your biggest 12 heaviest pan fish <laughs> That's what it did. Which Bill George watches like a hawk. Oh, yeah. Like a hawk. Well, no, it, it, it amazes me because FWC has done the, the official weigh-in for a number of years, and I watch those guys, and if a fish does, starts to flip, ah, stop, wait till it calms down. I mean, they are down 
precise. So, but I have a device that I'm going to lease out dun, dun. on a fish by fish basis. Dun, you know, dun, dun. That 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 decision making you have to make at that last moment: which fish do I turn in? This fish or that fish for the? Now you're making it too technical. Bill. What's it called? Scales. A sc- well, just a just a balance. A, yeah, a balance. Which one's heavier so they can pick out which one? Now I you're will, taking it away, Bill. Because then the pressure. That's when the pressure's on. Whenever. Uh, the kids or the parent are trying to determine which one, to, which one of these do you want to weigh, and they'll it, go ah, that it, one. It was and then agony. once it's done, here's what's not. <laughs> once it was decision, decision was made to weigh the heaviest one, then the guy with the the, the, the uh, biologist said, "Okay, let's weigh, weigh that one." And then sometimes you win, sometimes kid, you lose. The kid says, "I told you so, Dad." <laughs> <laughs> so you're taking all the fun out of it, Bill. That, yeah. That's what makes it exciting. That's what makes the atmosphere the way it is, and uh, just. We get a lot of great support year after year, and uh, I know that we uh, just got um, Culligan water. They've been donating the water to us, and uh, they committed this week uh, to supply all the water again. So we already have that. Of course, uh, Nettle Sausage uh, already committed for the sausages, and we're, we're just – it's already taken off. Are they coming to cook again? Uh, I didn't get the official on that, but I don't think – I don't see why they wouldn't. Okay. So, I'm trying to get I, my brother to uh, get off work and be able to come up and bring his kids this year, and uh, we can make him cook. <laughs> but if you're looking for an opportunity, uh, you don't have a boat, don't worry. You can call Panavista Vista Lodge. Uh, Jim has open uh, fishing boats that are there, John Boat style, uh, V-bottoms. And, of course, he has some pontoon boats, but they are limited. So if you're thinking you may want to go up there, as it gets closer, you know, and you want to reserve a cabin, I know they've been renovating a lot of the cabins this uh, this month, uh, last month. So they're they're really anticipating it's gotten bigger each year. Uh, the first year I think we had sixteen boat entries, and uh, last year it was over forty. Yeah, so it, it's it's growing, and of course uh, we all we're always concerned about water levels. But this year, no worries. Like last year, nope. plenty of water. They're good this year. Well, yeah. I tell you, you know. The ease of just being able to say, hey, I'm renting a boat and just show up and the boat's there. You don't have to worry about Fueled up, ready to go. Fueled up, ready up, ready in the water. Don't have to. And a cabin. A cabin. Get get the combination. Make it a weekend uh, retreat for the family. That's what I do. That's right. (laughs) But we are big and wild. More information to come. Stick with us. Brought to you by G5 Feeding Outdoors. Brandon Ford. We'll be right back. why I don't fly in helicopters anymore. <laughs> Stevie Ray Vaughan. Hey, welcome back, everybody. It's a big and wild outdoors. Braden Gunn, Glenn Kim and Bill George, Aaron, and Shelby behind the glass. Her name is Shelby. Like the car. Even though she said she wasn't named after the car, I thought, oh, Dad, you're, you're cool. She doesn't so really know. Your you dad, think her parents really told her the right story? Your dad is so awesome. He named you after Shelby Cobra, man. That's so cool. No, it has nothing to do with the car. Dang it. So anyway... Uh, so if you call in this morning and you talk to two young ladies, two beautiful women over there behind the glass, uh, 888-404-1010, 888-404-1010. You have to talk to them before you talk to us. So you got to go through our security, man. You got to go through them and show them your paths, and then you can come talk to us after you talk to Aaron and Shelby. Uh, before the break, we were talking a little bit of fishing. Of course, with the Panfish Challenge coming up in June June 15th, is there a full moon uh, before or after said such date? It's going to be of? It's going to be right there at it. I gave my calendar to uh, uh, Shelby. I gave it to her, oh. and it actually, the big and wild calendar. Has the moon What's on it? It's a full got, moon in, in June. 
Shelby, can you see on the calendar and see if there's uh, when the uh, full moon happens in June? It'll be just a full dot. It's a full on the, circle. <laughs> she looks like she could read the calendar. Dot. Yeah, but if well. it's if it's a white circle, that does that mean full or does that mean new moon? I can't remember. It'll be what dark. It'll be the the new moon. But that oh, your mic's not on. We can't hear you at all. We can't hear. Anything. It's the new moon. New moon. No. Yes. New moon. We can't, I can't hear. We can't hear you. There you go. It's two days before the full moon, so the fish will be on the beds. Uh, working Ooh, them over it, so good. it's going to be. Uh, last year we we got it right after uh, it was just in between the full uh, or just before the new moon, and it was a very productive. And this one here, the third three years ago, two years back, uh, we had it on a full moon, and it was just phenomenal. Uh, amount it was of slam fish. bam, man. Yeah, you know what? Just, but the lake was low. Do you remember the lake was low? I yeah. remember uh, that was uh, my kids were on the uh, bridge to the dock. No, I, I don't think is, the bait wouldn't even hit the water, and they were hitting. They were like boom, yeah. boom, 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 boom. And then when the water got nice and high, and everything was like, oh, it's going to be great. But when Irma came through, uh, the lake has been full ever since. And, yep. of course, with all the rain we've had this year, there will be no issues for launching a boat. Well, speaking of fishing, uh, Glenn uh, sent me this uh, link uh, last night. Uh, and, um, you know, I don't want to burst your bubble or nothing, but <clears throat> I'm like, why, why did you send this to me? Fisherman breaks state record with a 17.9 fish what what is what is, you know if that was a greenback or something then i'd be like dang man i can't believe that but just thing. think about this but, um, i mean uh, have we not in seen gar this is in maryland oh is that where it was maryland yeah so a fisherman breaks the state record of a 17.9 pound long nose gar so when i see that i was like 17.9 just seems awful small that's what i said that's what i'm like why are you sending me this 17.9 pounder but then i'm like okay maybe they well, what, do they get big in Maryland? I guess not. <laughs> well, when you look at the picture that I attached to it as well, mm-hmm. it's pretty uh, pretty impressive gar for 17.9 pounds. Uh, not really. Just scroll down and look at the guy. There you go. I'm looking at it. It's not that big. Dude. You, you've lost your mind. How many 17-pound fish have you caught, Braden? Uh, a lot. <laughs> from freshwater? No. Salt. No, okay. no, 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 not in freshwater. But... You got to remember, I'm jaded. My father used to participate in gar rodeos when he was when he was a boy in Louisiana. So, seventeen pounder. I mean, they were, dude, they were seven foot alligator gars hanging there, and they were big long nose gars. They were four, five, six, seven feet long, man. I mean, they were huge. Well, what is grind the, every dang one of them up, turn them into balls. So, whenever I, I seen the story, then of course I went ahead and looked up and see what the uh, state record is for Florida. Because if you're out there for the panfish tournament. Lake Panasofsky, it's a it's a pretty oh, clean some lake out there, there, and there's a lot of big gar. So I was thinking, well, you know what? What if a kid was to catch one of those big long nose gar out there? What would the state record be for them to uh, submit it to the trophy catch program? Now that would be awesome. Is there a category in trophy catch for gar? Yes, there is. Yes, yeah. And of course, uh, looking at the information that the FWC has, what's the state record? Take a guess. In Florida, yeah, thirty pounds. Bill. I'd, I'd guess 32. 32? Well, well, what are we, prices right? You go over the $1? <laughs> no, that's $2 for those who can count. God, man. What a ripoff. Well, I want to change mine to 33. <laughs> the state record. 32.5. For- <laughs> okay. Uh, the state record here in the state of Florida is 41 pounds. How much? 41 pounds. Here's off by 9 and 10 pounds. Well, I was off by 10. But anyway, the state record is 41 pounds. It was caught in 1985. And guess what 
like, I'll give you a hint. We were just talking about it. <clears throat> Cannot be Panasonic. Yes. Really? In 1985, a 41-pound long-nosed gar was taken by Evan Merritt. I know there's really? some there's some big ones over there. Off That's the a mutual friend of ours, Bill. It is. But Look, I didn't know that until 40, last 40 night. pounds, you say? 41 pounds. 41 pounds. So, and they think this one, 17.9, is a big in there. Mm-hmm. But now they're saying here, I looked at the very bottom of the news. There's a follow-up. Long-nosed gars typically grow to about four feet. In 2017, a Mississippi man set the long nose gar world record with his catch that weighed only eight pounds more than your boys. 48 pounds, 60 inches long. Yep. Well, it's seven pounds, 41 pounds was the state record. Dang, man. Missed it by just that much. So we'll have to just see if uh, if Evan remembers that, that he's on the registry. That 41 <clears throat> pounds long nose gar. Called in Lake Panasofsky in 1985. Fishing the panfish tournament. <laughs> I know it's a panfish tournament, but we should actually include a, a gar category. That would be awesome. See some kid hook into a, about a 15-pound gar and try to whip that thing in off the surface? Because if you've oh, ever caught... fiberglass poles, that'd be great. I've tried to fish for gar in the past, and it it, it was a, it's a lot tougher to get one of those buggers hooked than the, you, you think. Well, they got a, that bony nut snout of theirs, but uh, you can catch them. I've caught so many, it's unbelievable. You but, have to do it like they do needlefish. You have to make a little tangle. Take a bunch of fishing line, and you just make a, uh, you wrap it around your hand, and then you turn the loops and you fold it like a bow tie and you mix it in the middle and turn it sideways that's just too much work i tell you no, what it's really not. works He's little tiny and that way when they in grab words, onto it just it, let the kid tie the lure on and when it's a ball of thing line at the end just say that's okay that's yeah okay. it's we're, fine we're it's okay use that. that's the snare use, use a wind knot <laughs> but when they grab it they have a tendency to want to kind of spin and turn and they tangle it up on their beak and get it caught in those little teeth and you just reel them right in i've caught a lot of gar on a broken back plug rebel a rebel bo- broken back plug. So never caught a freshwater girl. I've caught plenty of it, uh, needlefish out in the bay, though. <laughs> Usually with a jig, when they miss it, and you kind of hook them in the side, they come in sideways, which is not fun. Well, I will say this too: that the uh, with the FWC with the trophy uh, catch program that they have, uh, the new website, it is a little bit of a challenge because you're used to the old way of looking stuff up. But they really have uh, put a lot of information out there. Yeah, because Bill's really not a fan of it right at the moment. Well, well, no, it's it's when when you can walk in the dark to where you wanted to go, and now all of a sudden it's fifteen. Just just tell me how many clicks it takes you to buy a fishing license. It used to be on the front page, click, right. yeah, license, and it go, went right to where you needed to sign. It still in is on license. the front page. All you got to do is scroll down, and it's right there. Where it's right there on the front page. I'm not okay. moving because I'm on another link. I'm looking right now. Scroll uh, Red Tide Daily Sample. How can we help hunting saltwater and freshwater? Oh, yeah, well, there you go. It's okay, right click on it. It's a big old picture. Uh, are, are we going to do this on the air? Okay, there's yeah, click. Yeah, you need to buy some license. There's a license and permit. Okay, order recreational saltwater uh, hunting fishing permit information. Or but, where's the sportsman's license? Just be done. Um, I guess I'd have to go under order recreational license or Scroll something. Down. Do you see anything there? Nope. Maybe Bill Let George has a point. <laughs> but one of the things, too, during the panfish tournament, if uh, you catch a, a bluegill that weighs 2.95 pounds or bigger, then that goes into the registry. How much? 2.95 pounds. That's a big boy. That is a monster. That is a big kid. Why, why would they make it that high? 
It was caught in uh, Washington County on uh, Crystal Lake. That just doesn't seem right that you got to make it <clears throat> that big. And of course, the red breast that's out here, uh, you can catch them in the river uh, right outside of Lake Panasofsky. If you catch one a little over two pounds, you're in the running. That seems high as well. I mean, I'm not. Well, I'm not saying. This. I'm not saying it's easy, but I see more eight pound bass pulled out of lakes these days than ever before. And eight pounds will get you right in. Boom! You're you're, you're right into the uh, trophy catch program. For your right? opportunities, that's right. So, but there seems to be more eight pounders all over the place because they're eating all these big little shell crackers. Yeah, but how do you? I mean, really serious. You ever seen a two pound shell cracker in your life? Yeah, I have. I've caught a couple. How many? And, and uh, it was dinner. <laughs> in your in your in your one hundred eighty four seven thousand years on this earth. I mean, you've got it twice. What do you think a kid has out there if he's on for the day under well, pressure? Well, let me ask you this: What do you think the record is for the the red ear shell cracker? Ready or sunfish? Pound and a half. <laughs> I'll tell you when we get back. We are being a wild oh, outdoors. Brought to you by right. G Five Feeding Outdoors. Brandon Ford, and we'll be right back. Welcome back, everybody. Big and Wild Outdoors. Braden Glenn and Bill George in the studio today, along with uh, Aaron and Shelby. Uh, they'll be answering the phones this morning. Uh, but Jonathan is up north, probably chasing after some of those big monster uh, bucks that are running around up there now that the hurricane came through and knocked down all the high fence game places. So monster bucks are running around everywhere now. And, <laughs> like and, a, I didn't even think of that. Man. And legal game. And legal game. Once they're out there, legal, legal, they now become property of the state of Florida and um, follow the same guidelines and rules as any other deer that's running around out there in the woods. You know, so um, some guy that's going to get pretty lucky this year and some guy that owns a game farm is going to be really upset. They killed old number 98. My yep. big breeder buck, number 98, he's a goner. He's on the gamel on somebody's wall pretty soon. Or out there making babies, which I hope he gets an opportunity to do before he ends up on the wall. So that'd be a good thing. Yeah. Oh, it's it could be. Do they give an estimate at all on how many deer might have been actually released into the wild from those places up there? You mean public record or something like that? Yeah, I wonder if it, well no, they have well, to how know. many people reported that. Yeah, I was going to say how many people they have to report how many deer you know leapt out of the hole in the let's, fence and let's just say they were i believe happy that some of the big cats are all back in the enclosures oh they lost some cats too I, I, i'm just saying the cats are in the enclosures they've been accounted for <laughs> like what kind of like tigers and stuff i'm just I'm just saying. What do you say? You're not saying anything. You're just saying well, just cats. Put it like this. He's not going to say it because. There were two know, cats know. fighting in my front yard. Nobody got them yesterday. Good thing I just I remember when Andrew came in, how much exotic animals and reptiles ended up in the glades now that we're yeah. dealing with. So. Exactly. Oh, and we didn't talk about it then. We wait until much later. 20 years later. I don't see where there's a problem if it's white-tailed deer running around out there. I mean, that's a native species, but I mean, if it was well, the, it is, and it if it was the Indonesian uh, man-killing uh, purple-horned, uh, you know, white-tailed revenge deer or something, then he might have something to worry about. How many of those deer came from uh, places that had CWD? I, you, you tell me. I don't know these answers. Well, I'm just telling according, you, according shot. to the FWC, the 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 Florida deer herd has not been detected with it. And, of course, the uh, farm deer have been monitored, and there's been no report of any farm 
raised deer having CWD in Florida, so I'm sure we're fine. Yeah, yeah, doom na- doomsayer, whatever you call it, nayer. That's why you're not allowed to transport them th- into state now. That's why you're no, not allowed. But we still can bring semen. Okay, let's not get on that chit-chat again, shall we? Mm-hmm. And, and also a deer pee, too. So, I mean, everybody's worried about that stuff being on there. So, uh, you know, it's one of those things they're going to have to work out. That You know, sometimes they can detect it, sometimes they can't. I don't know. But as far as we know, as Glenn pointed out, we're free and clear, so let's keep it that way. Bill George. Trying. Okay. Don't be bringing your deer back down here from Pennsylvania with no bones in it. It just says it has to be processed. <laughs> and Bill, he's the law biter, so it's all good. <laughs> oh, man. Well, before we went to the break, I did tell you when we came back, I'd tell you how big the uh, shell cracker state record is. And, of course, Bill threw in all that that just took you off. Forever. I said one and a half pounds. Squirrel. Yeah, squirrel. Yeah. <laughs> One and a half pounds, okay. Yeah, and good. you said no. I was not even close. No, because it's four point eight six pounds. What? Just under five big, pounds shell cracker. That thing must have looked like a dinner plate with fins <laughs> on it. Yeah, an old Cadillac uh, tire hub. Exactly. Put a little, hub cap. Put, put a little fan on the top and bottom, and a little tail. Look like a giant sunfish. Maybe that's what uh, when we get those uh, those trophies cut out uh, for the the plaques out of that steel. Looks like a big panfish. Maybe that's about the, what the size of that five pound. Wow, that's shell cracker would look like. That is huge. <laughs> I wonder how old it was. I don't know. We should say ten. Do you think it, would, it takes that deal? Ten years old. Ten least, years. Yeah. How long does it take for a bass to get up to eight pounds? You know more about freshwater stuff than I do. Oh, I don't know, man. Probably five, five years. Well, yeah, depending Six on years. The, depending on food and. Stress and water levels and all that kind of stuff. It's I guess it's just like deer. <laughs> I don't know. I can tell you this. In 1923, a gentleman called a bass that weighed 20.13 pounds on Big Fish Lake in Pasco County. Had it certified or had it weighed on a postal scale, but no, <laughs> no, no game uh, biologist or anyone witnessed it or got to do anything to it. So it's not a certified. So that's hearsay. Weight. Well, they do recognize it because it was on a postal scale, but the biologist did not document it at the time and establish an official weight. So, because you know, he there. ate it back in nineteen twenty. He was twenty three. He ate that sucker. It didn't go back into the pond. <laughs> Ain't no way. It's like me and my kids could nosh on this thing for a week. No way. I'm getting rid of that thing. You know what I did find funny is the the Maryland state record guard story that you sent me. I read down at the bottom of it that the dude kept it alive for two days. And then released it back, turned it loose. What did he put it in his bathtub? That's what I'm thinking. Uh, you know, we're just keeping a wash tub in the back with a water hose. Hey, he'll be fine. Don't worry. I'm gonna During the sub zero weather they had up there, <laughs> yeah, he had to go in the house. That's they ain't took a bath. Room. You don't have to worry about a bath up there. You ain't sweating because it's freezing sub zero weather. We just keep the fish alive. I saw, a, a, I called my friend Judy up in North Dakota to make sure that she was still alive. Because it was like, she told me it got down to like 60 below zero where she was. And um, she sent me a picture that she found on the interweb that somebody posted somewhere. I never would have thought of this in a million years. This is something that a Floridian would probably never have to experience. But the water inside of the tank, inside the, the facilities and the commode, as the ice started forming around the edges and pushing the water in and creating water pressure. It went over the top where the little spill over thing is, which makes it come out of the ring underneath. And it formed ice crystals as it trickled out nice and slow. 
and it literally froze over the toilet inside the house. It got that cold that it pushed the water through the thing down through the ring and it froze inside the bowl. Well, man, that's that. It'd be bad. We do. We do have to winterize the house when we leave up in Pennsylvania quite a bit. One of the things you do is you drain all your, your water tanks on the, the toilets and put a little, uh, antifreeze in it. What do you mean antifreeze? Like antifreeze. some vodka or something? No, just some antifreeze. That way it, it prevents what little bit you don't get out. You know, Real antifreeze like you put into a car engine? Yeah. Is that biologically but, well, there, sound? Th- no, there is, there, is, uh, there is eco-friendly antifreeze out there that you can turn around and use that in order to do it with. To keep your commode from freezing. Yeah, from cracking. Otherwise, you go to the house and you come go up there and your toilet's in two pieces sitting on the floor. <laughs> Back to the bucket. Oh, and then you got to go, well, the one in the house ain't it, working, so we got to go out it, to the old outhouse in the it, back, and it, that is no fun. And the old copper pipes and walls, you know, have now been all replaced by PEX tubing and and. It'll take the freeze a little bit better, but you still drain the whole system. Yeah, I remember that as a kid. Uh, you know, certain areas uh, when it would get down real cold up in Texas, we'd have to go turn the. Dad would out of the hey. out of the pump. He'd turn the water on so it would drip. Yeah. You know, so it would keep the water flowing in there. Good morning, Richard. How are you doing? Hey, how are you guys doing? Early in the morning, we're doing good. Oh well, when you're talking about freezing pipes, my one grandmother allowed her. My uncle put toilets in her house in the 70s. And the first winter it got cold in Pennsylvania, it blew the water tank. And she said, pull that thing out. I'd rather walk out to the, the, you know, it's about 100 feet away from the house where the garage and the outhouse was. And that's where she went for the rest of her life. She didn't like any of the modern stuff after that. (laughs) But it's like, you know, and... Up here off uh, Sunset Point Road between, oh, 19 and um, McMullen Booth, there was a guy that had properties back on the south side. He's dead already, and his property's already developed. He had this big pond in a, in a five-acre lot back in the woods, and he would bring home fish from fishing tournaments, keep them alive. And it was nothing to go in there when I was a lot younger, go in there and get fat, bass that were... 10, 12, 13 pounds. His his grandchildren were, used to pull up bass that were 14, 15 pounds. Big thing. But he would keep on their feet, the damn things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, you know, that used to be the norm back in the day. Uh, I know that you know, uh, out in Texas, the big thing was is uh, you went to your neighbor's pond and you would ask him if it was okay to take a few brim and a couple of bass out of their lake and then you put them in a new stock pond. And then that way you just... You know, you just keep recycling fish and move them all over the place and let them get established. And, you know, that's how they would do it the cheap way. Uh, you knock on your neighbor's yeah. door and say, can I take a bucket of fish out of there and put them in the pond? Sure, go ahead. Don't take more than 50. You know, one of those deals. And uh, I don't think that's legal anymore. I don't think that you can remove one fish from one place and drop it off in another. Can that, you, Bill that, George? When we were um, talking to a biologist at one point, they, they did indicate that was legal you could take your catch keep it alive and really? put it in your pond and when you put it in your pond it's considered your property and they said the bag limits don't apply to it what what seriously seriously so that's it's what a- I, that's what, now not that anybody's ever been wrong 
It's but. a sustainable food source uh, right. that you have to do. Right. Well, Richard, thanks for the call, man. Thanks for everything. we got to take right. a break for the top of the hour, man. If you want to give us a call back a little bit later on, I would suggest you do that. But right now, we got to take a break. It is the Big and Wild Outdoors, brought to you by G5 Feed and Outdoors and Brandon Vort. We'll be back. 